Hey, you just turned into the First Issue Club podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. I also want to say thank you. It means a lot to me that you bothered to push one button and here you get all this content for free. Thanks a lot. We are actually thankful for you because uh, without this, we would just have our day jobs. And our day jobs aren't this. Um, got a special uh, edition for you guys this mm-hmm. week in that it's Mike. And you guys may not know this, but Budget King, that's me. My real name is also Mike. and uh, so Not just, confusing at all. Yeah, two Mikes. But Budget King and Mike. Mike D and Budget King. I'll call you BK for this. Okay, I'll call you Mike D. Thank you. This week was fire, straight fire. It was. Slinging fire, tons of number ones, and it was insanity. Coming out on January 31st, we had Star Wars DJ Most Wanted. DJ Most Wanted, uh, number one. On DC, we had The Silencer, number one. On Vertigo, we had Motherlands, number one. Also on DC, this is a very loaded DC uh, week, uh, DC's Imprint Young Animals, we had Justice League and Doom Patrol. And then finally, uh, which I guess is an imprint of Dark Horse called Burger Books. Yeah. But it looks like Dark Horse. Uh, Hung- Hungry Ghosts, written by Anthony Bourdain. So His name's above the title on this one. Yeah, it actually might be called Anthony Bourdain Hungry Ghosts. I think it is. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Who do we have in the club today? <laughs> And sticking to the format, I like it. <laughs> uh, if if you were a haunted piece of food, what would you be and who would you haunt? I think I would be haunted frozen peas. And I would probably haunt an athlete late at night going to the freezer, using some peas to cool that shoulder. Ooh. And then my team will win because I'm haunting all the bad guys. On the Patriots. <laughs> Do you see that Tom Brady said he's a fan of music? No way. Tom Brady? He, he likes music. So relatable. Yeah. Hey, I'm a fan of music. Yep. Well, that's good. Uh, <laughs> uh, he is so relatable. I would be a moldy hot dog mm-hmm. um, from a, a recently divorced guy yeah. um, living in Rhode Island. Oh, cool. Um, because uh, there's a book here set in Rhode Island. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, anyway, divorced guy decides he didn't want to eat the hot dog. As revenge for not eating me, I make his life worse than it already is. I like that your food has a backstory and that it's decaying. Y- yeah. I wish I would have went there. I have a shelf life. Yep. I've built in my own uh, Achilles heel. Let's get this <laughs> podcast started. <laughs> All right, first up, we've got Star Wars DJ Most Wanted number one from DJ Marvel Comics. DJ Most Wanted. <laughs> uh, ooh, an echo. Uh, writing, written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Artist Kev, Kev Walker. All right, here's our synopsis we got from Marvel Comics. When Star Wars The Last Jedi takes theaters in force this December, Star Wars fans get will it? get a peek into the new so cheeky Marvel. Star Wars fans will get a peek into some new dark corners of the galaxy far away, and out of one of those corners scuttles DJ, the mysterious character played by Benicio Del Toro, who is this mystery man 
and what put him in the path of our resistance heroes. Join our creators as they reveal a day in DJ's life just before his appearance in the film. DJ Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's exactly what we get in this book is like the events that immediately uh, lead up to us meeting him in the movie. Yep. Right. So at the top, let's just say Star Wars does a bunch of these things. Marvel Star Wars comic books where they're doing uh, backstories of individual characters. Almost all of them are like, they have great stuff. I have not read like one where I'm like, I just hate this. I haven't read a shitty one of these either. They're all pretty good. This one in particular is just one book, I think. I am so disappointed that this is a one-off because this book was amazing. It was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, So... It's a hotly contested movie. Yeah. Um, a lot of people felt like different things about the movie. One of the things that they said about this movie was the character DJ, which trivia, do you know what DJ stands for? I do not. Don't join. Because hmm. he has no allegiances? Or maybe it's like a brand on his forehead as his name. Like if your name was like, don't be friends with me. Oh. Yeah, he's a loner. Yeah. You kind of get that throughout the book that he likes being and so, his own man. Yeah. Um, anyway, one of the criticisms was mm. we didn't get any backstory. We don't really know anything about this person. And it's um, it's everybody who's listening to this podcast, I'm going to spoil this for them, but he's okay. the Lando Calrissian of this uh, movie series in that he's a traitor. But if you're a traitor, we, we need to know exactly what your motivations were, and we don't know. He's just a wild card. Yeah, he's got no motivations, essentially, right? This book does confirm that he has no motivations, but at least we have that confirmed now. Do you feel like... So in the movie, he's an easy character to hate because of that. I hated him because of his hat, but yes. (laughs) That hat's pretty shitty. Did did, did reading this book redeem him at all for you? 100%. I'm the exact same way. This, this This made this character to the Boba Fett status of me. Yeah. I was just like, oh my god, this guy, he's such a straight maverick. Like, I, I can't even think of a more chaotic, neutral character. Yeah, perfect way to put it. Um, than this character, he is only out to serve his own needs. And he is just scamming and scamming and scamming to get money, almost just to, like, scam. Right. Uh, yeah, so... D- he loves just blowing money he makes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I loved this character. I did too. I'm I'm really sad if this is only a one-off, but everybody should read it. It's super quick and fun. Um, one thing about this that this feels like, and, and I maybe somebody else has said this already, this feels like a little bit of Star Wars dipping into some cyberpunk territory. I get that. The, I mean, kind of the aesthetic, but also that he's a hacker, essentially. Yep. And we're dealing with some, like, sentience too yeah that was one of the coolest aspects of the story oh i forgot about that backstory is that he creates this uh program yeah it's this yeah yep to help him out and it's got this um identity i guess like a mob identity Uh, yeah that's that's like this person he made up as like a scapegoat for other things and eventually this uh robot over A, a droid with a vendetta yeah loads the program into itself and takes on that persona and is now, like, his arch-nemesis, I guess. Yeah. Such a cool concept. Which is a nemesis that he created. A nemesis he created himself. Uh, What a great concept for a story, and, like, how do you bail on this after one issue with such a great concept like that? I hope they dive more 
into this guy in the future. And also, fuck those Star Wars fans who were pissed about just dropping in a random character because that's like all Star Wars is. It's kind of one of the great things about Star Wars. That there's all these just like weird rando characters that play like their own key roles and then it's up to fans and other creators to just expand an insane crazy universe out of it and that's what we're getting here. Some awesome backstory on this somewhat minor character from the movies. was great. You should pick it up. Absolutely. And that was D. J. Most Wanted Star Wars. DJ. DJ. I just got why you were doing the DJ okay. thing. <laughs> I thought you were just being a fucking weirdo before. I like how you go, oh, that go. <laughs> DJ. Next up, we got Motherlands, number one, on Vertigo, which is an imprint from DC, by Simon Spurrier. We've uh, covered him before. He did... Angelic. Loved that book. Loved that book. Uh, and illustrated by Rachel Stott. Vertigo gave us um, this synopsis, but before that, uh, I want to pull this quote from... You pulled that quote, right? I did, yeah. yeah, yeah. Comic book resources. Yeah. Uh, CBR says, this is the Gilmore Girls meets 2080. Which and that's I loved. It's all you need to know. Totally. I Once I read that, I was like, this, fuck the rest of the synopsis. Like, that is such a good it is exactly, encapsulation yeah. of what this book felt like. I, yeah, okay. Um, In a crazed future where unhinged technologies, interconnected parallel Earths have given rise to a spectacular class of super criminal. The most beloved celebrities aren't actors or rock stars, but the bounty hunters who traverse an exotic multiverse in search of impossible prey. But when the spotlight-shunning, straight-laced tracer known as Tab finds herself in an ultraviolet race for her greatest prize yet, she's forced to work with her greatest enemy, the only person capable of IDing him, her own elderly, overbearing, hypercritical mother, mm-hmm. who was once the most fabulous celebrated bounty hunter of them all. Most um, unseasoned comic book writers yep. would just have to spend 10 pages giving you... Backstory. Yeah, this world. Mm-hmm. Basically, bunch of multi-universes. That means, like, the multiplying of yourself. Like, I'm, there's a million versions of me doing this podcast. None of them are as sexy as me here, mm-hmm, though. Totally. Um, they're together, and there's crimes, and people are hunting them. Yes. There's a, there's a uh, reality show aspect of this book, though. All of it's recorded on camera, or this one person in particular who's like the mother of this woman. The mother of the main like character, yeah. The megastar of the generation before her. To me, the point that it's like this book is solid, like gold, mm-hmm. was when the reveal. So she, the main character, has to team up with her mother, who is like great character development, totally like a piece of shit. But he, horrible she, mother. To get her back now that she has kind of inherited the throne of being a bounty hunter. She has to go to her retirement community and get her. When it reveals, like, what she looks like now. Yeah. I thought she was still going to be, like, hot, like, yeah. uh, model. I was just like, oh, my God, I love this book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she's not eye candy, that's for sure. And that's another thing that I loved about this book is that there's a couple um, leads that are, like, boss babes, like, real badass women. Mm-hmm. And they're in these huge warrior suits and one of them's just like 
a fleshy goo mess. Oh, she looks so cool. And, oh, my gosh, it's just like if you peeled, like, a monster's skin off that was, like, jacked. Yeah. And there's just, like, this beautiful woman's head just, like, popping out of it. There's, like, nothing sexy about it at all. No. They could have easily over-sexualized these characters. And it's something they do in fantasy stories so, so much. To that point, yeah. at one point in time when the main character, um, Tab, mm-hmm. is uh, chasing down... Um, one of her victims or whatever, or sorry, uh, what do you call that? A bounty? Chasing down a bounty. Yeah, right. Uh, he calls her Chunky. Mm-hmm. And, and at that point, I hadn't even noticed that, like, oh, yeah, I guess she's a little bit bigger. But, like, I think it's in juxtaposition to, like, how porn star-esque her mother was right. at the time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, interesting. That, like, they're kind of, like, making the lead character not, like, uh, super voluptuous, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, power girl E. Which is, yeah, a great contrast to where her mother, they're like, it's like a Kim Kardashian assassin. Right. Motherlands, out on Vertigo number one. If Vertigo puts out a book, grab it. I I think, right? I mean, not as an independent publisher, honestly. Mm -hmm. Grab a Vertigo book because uh, they do do stuff that's memorable, right? 100%. A lot of them are going to be shorter series, which some comic fans don't like. Some like because you get to finish it and move on there's some finality to it I appreciate that alright next up we got The Silencer this is one of uh, Dark Knight's Metal's DC's new characters here we go. This is what DC told us about the book. She's one of the DC Universe's deadliest assassins, Ooh. and you've never heard of her. Hmm? Super strong, <laughs> highly trained, armed with devastating and stealthy metahuman abilities. The silencer is virtually invincible, or at least she was. After decades as Leviathan's chief assassin, Honor Guest, that's her name. Her name is Honor Guest. I hated that. Uh, put in her time and managed to get out of out with her skin intact. Now she lives a normal life with a normal family and a normal house on a normal street. But the past has come back to fuck her um, <laughs> in the form of her old employer and a deadly new mission. And Talia Al Ghul, you know that name, mm-hmm. won't take no for an answer. Of the Razel Al Ghul family, if you will. Mm, old Raz is back. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'll say this up front. Yep. And I, and I don't plan on doing this with all the DC books, making uh, dumb comparisons to okay. other things that they are. This is very uncannily similar to Kill Bill, the plot of Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, I never would have I, I come up with that, but now that you say it, yes, mm-hmm. completely. That being said, still enjoyable. It doesn't that doesn't taint it for me? And if you didn't see it, then maybe it's not. I'm a big Kill Bill fan. Mm-hmm. The Silencer, uh, she's a badass completely. And there's it. Uh, you know what it does is there's this other world. I don't really understand completely the other dimension of what she was doing, but how they can cross in between and out of the dimensions. Right. So she, essentially, her ability is to create a bubble around her and other people in which the rest of the world doesn't notice those things, I think. Or maybe they're just quiet to them. I think they're quiet. That's why her she's called the silencer. Okay. So she can put herself in a bubble, assassinate somebody, 
sneak on, no one knows. And it's silent. And it's all silent. Okay. And can she hear inside of it? I think she can. Yeah, she can have so conversations inside of it. she would, she would have it. been the perfect uh, study mate for somebody. Completely, yes. <laughs> this power came in handy in college. Yes. And she, why she's so educated. And it's technology assisted, I believe. Yeah, there's I don't so, know that she's been like physically imbued with this power. She's definitely a badass fighter. She kills yeah. uh, the first person with uh, color pencils. Yeah, she's taking her son to a toy store and treating him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, accidentally uses their colored pencils to kill. Oh, uh, man. And this villain was so cool, too. Killbox. Killbox. Um, yeah, the villains in this are cool. The story is cool. And um, she really, really wants that normal life. Yep. And is going to try hard to get it, but it seems like not. Here's my thing. Yep. Somebody says you are an all-powerful assassin and you have all these, like, technologies at your whim or you have, like, normal life where you got to go to your job and family. Mm -hmm. And and I hope my family is cool with this, but I would chuck deuces so hard (laughs) and just become that assassin. Full-blown assassin mode. Yes. Why would you not? That life is better. I'm sorry. You always want what you can't have. The grass is always greener on the assassin side? 100%. Okay. I believe that. So this book opens with <laughs> no segue. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I, what I'm guessing is pretty close to the conclusion of the book. You open on like... Oh, you're right. This like current timeline, point of climax, and then you jump back to like how we got here like four days ago or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck amount of time it was. Uh Maybe half of comic book stories, I feel like, start like this. Yeah. Do you hate that? Love that? Don't care? Don't notice? I love it. I, think, I like it, too. I think it's a really good signposting for, like, just to kind of remind you for stuff. It's a good callback. It makes you feel informed yep. about it. And it's a good thing for the writer to force themselves to really make the story interesting. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I think people think of a story, and this climax is the interesting part. Right. When really it isn't. That's a really good point. I want, I want interest getting to there. The other thing is that from that picture where she shaved her head mm-hmm. um, and she's like full garb with like a machine gun pointing at somebody in a diner. Yep. Um, to the next thing where she's just shopping for groceries um, and looks just full on mom. Yep. Great um, contrast. So it's like, I didn't know. I, honestly, that was, that to me made the read really interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't honestly know we were going to read about a mom. I didn't read anything about this book before I jumped into it. You know what? Neither did I. And I expected like... Uh, some hokey suicide squadian story, and I was not given that. And I've I've come to expect that sort of thing, I think, a little from DC. So getting a new character that has some cool depth and has some cool backstory, which was I think was cool that they gave her kind of like a backstory that was interwebbed with Talia al Ghul yeah. and a lot of DC mythology. Um, but we jump on her story. I don't know. They say this is a new character, but... It is. I it think, is? Yeah. I don't know if this is a first appearance. She might have appeared in Metal. That's a good point. She might have been in there somewhere, but this is a new character. I will say, uh, this book is awesome. I'm going to pick up the next one. I'm excited to see Same. where this goes. The Her husband could not be more aloof or an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> At one point in time, she's like, she's in a sports bra, and, and she has all of these tattoos clearly demarking her assassin society, right? He it, just thinks he married, like, a tribal rocker babe. Wh- how did it not question, like, <laughs> where did the origin of that weird logo come yeah, from? Where, what are all your scars? Oh, that was just my tool days when I was into... Uh, <laughs> tool, that's the first band you go to. <laughs> Massive Attack, I don't really know. What, 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 what bands have symbols of themselves? Um, 
I'm thinking if you're Rusted like root. a Mastodon fan, they probably you might have some like Greek mythology kind of looking symbols okay. on you. Uh, <laughs> so she's that, and, and and then he's at one point in time, her friend shows up, unbeknown, uh, un unannounced. Mm-hmm. Um, Who is Talia Al Ghul? Yes. Um, if anybody has the name Al Ghul showing up my doorstep, I'm going to question them. But if somebody <laughs> comes to see my wife, and they say. I, we were friends in our past job. I just thought I'd knock on your door and say hi. Yep. I'd be like, "Did you have you ever heard of a f- telephone?" <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What in your brain thought it was okay to just come into my door? She's trying to save her life. Destruction is imminent. She did everything right. The husband should have said, "Hmm, a little bit weird that you're here. I'm also not going to let my wife drive you to an airport." Did you think this was a feminist book? Would you call it a feminist book? Written by a female with uh, female leads and definitely a kicking-ass female book. Wouldn't call it a feminist book, though. It's not necessarily, like, trying to break social norms about feminism. I regretted saying, is it a feminist book, as soon as I said it. But I think Anything that, it, that is a strong female character, I just... It plucked out of my mouth. All right, next up we've got JLA Doom Patrol Special Number 1. This book was called Milk Wars, part one of maybe a six-parter. I'm not sure how many books this 12 is. Twelve or something. Um, but we've got uh, DC's Young Animal imprint, which is like some cool kind of off-brand characters, not what you typically see in DC. A lot of them are Doom Patrol related. A lot of them are Doom Patrol related, right. Let me give you some info on it before we keep going further. Um, so this book was written by Gerard Way and Steve of, Orlando. Uh, Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance fame. Exactly right. I should have mentioned that. I think he was a big part of getting DC's young animals yep. kicked off the ground. Yeah. All right, so here's what we got from DC. Doom Patrol has discovered that an interdimensional corporation called Retco has been stealing stories, reconfiguring them, and repackaging them for new markets. Our gang of misfit heroes have felt the touch of this nefarious company, and has already started to change them. Even scarier, though, is how deeply Retco has embedded itself into the current continuity, using the radioactive milk of psychic cows to quell the more dangerous impulses of the Justice League and turn them into heroes safe for the masses. And to kick this off, Retco has gone all the way to the top. Meet Milkman Man, heretofore unknown final son of Krypton, who was sent to our planet to save him from the destruction of his homeworld, only to be adopted by an evil dairy farmer and raised to love all things dairy. Um, now, that synopsis even might have confused the shit out of you, and maybe I should have given you this context before jumping in, which is that this book's a little fourth wall breaking. They know they're in a comic book. Yes. Or at least our Doom Patrol characters know they're in a comic book. I don't know necessarily that the Justice League characters do. Correct. Yeah. A um, little bit of context about this book and the DC stuff. Um, Grant Morrison was the original uh, kind of father of the Doom Patrol. Right. Of Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is essentially a uh, Justice League found in a psych warden. So they're all people that have some type of... De- debilitating thing or something in their mind or in uh, different stuff. One person doesn't even have a body. It still stands alone. It's totally great to go read. Um, and then Gerard Way has um, 
taken the new mantle of of writing Doom Patrol now in the 2010 or about to be in 2020 in two years. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, 2020. Oh, okay. I would have if you would have told me that the guy from Chemical Romance was writing these books, I would have rolled my eyes and probably not given him the time of day. I don't know anything about them. He did write not he, anything against him. People like he he got to start with Umbrella Academy, which was a great book. Yeah. So, so he does have chops. And, and I've read other stuff that he's written and I've liked I've almost liked everything he's written. Proven to me now. Okay. I I'll say that now, now that I know what he's written and who he is, I'll say that this guy writes a fucking comic. He's great. Yeah. One of the best things of this book was the central villain, or kind of neutral villain in some ways. Uh, his name is Milkman Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a semi-clone of Superman who gives people dairy products to control them. Yep. Unbeknownst to him, does he know that he's, that they're, that he's controlling people with his milk? He, I believe he does, but he thinks he's doing it for good. Mm, okay. That it's it's for the greater good that everyone be quelled into this, like, perfect 50s Joneses sort of lifestyle. Yeah. One of my questions for you was, would you read a Milkman Man comic? 100%. Totally. These characters are so much fun. Yes. I love this, like, uh, Lobo is, like, head of the neighborhood watch, and he's like all buttoned up and has this little bow tie and a slicked back greaser like kind of like haircut <laughs> but he's like a little more dialed in than a greaser yeah such a funny character so, <laughs> i don't know anything about lobo I, I i'm ashamed to admit and i don't know i was kind of surprised to see him in a justice league um thing but but okay correct me if i'm wrong here this might clarify some things for people maybe you even these stories that are being created where they're lulling the actual Justice League characters into this, like, falsehood. I think they're being sold to villains who are aware of this, and they want this world as, like, a play place for themselves. And that's why it's this, like, if you have maybe, like, a kick on, like, old... TV sort of thing. So that this this suburb you might get off on this whole. I was wondering Rhode why, Island suburb. I was wondering thing. why the TV thing like they, so. There's old technology here. It's very like yeah. Um, like I don't really know. Like 19. Yeah. I, I we're bad at errors. I'm not even gonna say a 19 something. But it's like 50s. I think. Yeah. It's like uh you know I I come I come home from work, honey. Or do you have dinner ready? Type of thing like yep. town. But they're also modern technology. Like it's current day. Yep. You're totally right. That's exactly what mm-hmm. is happening there. Imagine you could buy a universe, and make it whatever you wanted, and hop in and hop out of it. Okay. You just gregged me, by the way. Hell yeah. You explained. Something that I was stupid about. Mike explains comics to Mike. Yes. The Budget King. Whoa, infinite loop. (laughs) DJ Budget King. All right. We we milked this for everything that was interesting in it. Pun intended. And for the finale. Why did we save this book for last? And why did we base our com- our comments on it? I don't know. Our questions. You know what? It was it was good though. It was a good book. Um, we did five, two of us. We did five books. Pat us on the back. Hey, not a detraction to our fellow co-hosts, Greg and Caitlin. I miss them. I miss them completely. 
turns out they have more friends than we do. Yep, they're too busy all the time. Um, but, we're just two people, easier to dial in a conversation. Well, yeah. Less opinions to stiff arm <laughs> and disagree with. Um, I miss, this is two episodes in a row that Caitlin hasn't been on, so we gotta get her back. Caitlin. Um, so, alright, we got Hungry, we got, oh, sorry, we have Anthony Bourdain, Hungry Ghosts, number one. <laughs> uh, uh, Dark Horse provided a synopsis and they say, on a dark haunted night, a Russian oligarch dares a circle of international chefs to play the samurai game of a hundred candles. I have to admit, when you sent me this over from Dark Horse, mm-hmm. I thought you wrote this, and I was like, "Damn, he re- like I su- researched this, he super read this <laughs> book, yeah." Um, where each storyteller spins a terrifying tale of ghosts, demons, and unspeakable beings, and prays to survive the challenge. Inspired by the Japanese Edo period game, I'm not even going to try to say it. Hungry Ghost reimagines <laughs> the classic story of yokai, yorai, and abake, all tainted with the common thread of food. If you didn't get that, basically this is a book where they created this like super uh, high-end meal for this Russian dude. And the Russian dude said, I've enjoyed my meal so much that we're going to sit around and tell super scary Japanese fucked up stories. And so you get like mini horror stories within this book. This is a one of four book. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get four seemingly somewhat a la Ice Cream Man uh, mini stories. Yeah. Yep. This is an anthology sort of thing which I typically am not so much a fan of. Yep, not really something that I would want to buy, especially in a monthly form. I'd mm-hmm. buy it in a trade maybe, but I don't need to be surfing this on, on Well, a... and especially since this one's horror, mm-hmm. that you're not, you don't really have enough pages to really give something full service to make it scary. That's not to be said that they're not fun, interesting little mini stories. Yeah. Because they certainly were, and especially considering that this was written by a celebrity chef, <laughs> Very impressed by it. Oh, yes, yeah. So I, many talents. He's, completely. Uh, he's a relatable TV show host, mm-hmm. um, obviously a good chef, and... Um, You'd call Anthony Bourdain relatable? Is he the guy that's like, get the fuck out of my kitchen! Is Are he, you thinking he, of Gordon Ramsay? That is, sorry, yeah, you're right. Um, he, Who th- I love. Anthony Bourdain is the guy that, like, tours the craziest places and eats the craziest food. Yes. Okay. And his whole thing is he's always like, I used to be a drug addict. Yes, That's he's how, like a partier yeah, guy. People yeah, people relate to him by thinking, like, oh, he was one of us. And you know what? I guess in a sense that when you see him on shows, he's kind of like, he talks to you like he's real. Mm, yeah. He'll t- he tells it how it is, I guess. He's yeah. one of those sort of guys. Uh, but yeah, but a bunch of people read his books. And he's shit. a real Mike DeStacy, I guess I'd say. Would you call him Mike DeStacy? I think I would. Have you ever had eaten a meal prepared by him? <laughs> I had a Wolfgang Puck prepared meal once. You did? On an airplane. It was Wolfgang <laughs> Puck themed. Ooh. I've had some Guy Fieri <laughs> stuff before. Have you really? Um, well, I mean, like, I've looked up a recipe. Oh, see, so, okay, and, like, yeah. doused a bunch of barbecue That's sauce the same on some as chicken. what I said. It is true. We, we are... Uh, would you eat that off a flip-flop? <laughs> We're foodies, as one would say. <laughs> oh, God. People who call themselves foodies. Self-proclaimed foodies. Yeah. I find it annoying, but yeah. Oh, we're foodies. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I'll tell you what. We like I, a finer thing. I had I had ramen and I drizzled some ghost pepper in it today. That's not true. It is true. But both of those things I purchased at Trader Joe's. I, I nothing hits my palate. Ghost pepper at Trader Joe's. It comes out of a pepper shaker. That much of it? How? It, it can't be real ghost pepper, right? I wouldn't think so. Have I been bamboozled? Yeah, for sure you were. I'm still here. I ate a ghost pepper today, and I'm still here. You ate ghost pepper dust mixed with other pepper, probably. 
Yep. Well, I'm here though, and you didn't do that. What you <laughs> What'd you eat today? A dollop of ketchup. What did I eat today? I had some donuts and coffee. Oh, okay. That's all I've had today. Uh, Feel better about yourself? <laughs> this book loosely touches food. As we are deep diving into food, we did we talked about more food than this book touches on food. That's really. very true. And even the the last book, uh, or the last story in this, they cut back to the people telling the stories, and they're like, that wasn't really about food. No. <laughs> There, so at least it's self-aware, I guess. It didn't know. I will say the the last story, yeah, is about a person who like is a testo- t- testicle monger. Yeah, a a person who collects testicles. Uh, it's ball- like a sea crab monster. Yes, in mm-hmm. in pursuit of getting ball sacks. Let's dive deep into this one because it was the standout crazy thing in this book. Could have been the whole book. It could have been the entire book. So, appears to these men on this pirate ship. As a beautiful woman stranded in the middle of the sea. And, and they and they un, they unashamedly say they're going to rape her. Let's bring her aboard, save her life, and, like, have their way with her. Mm-hmm. And it's off. Like, this, the language they use is terrible. Yes. So you know something bad's going to happen. And she's, like, committed to it and is just, like, in a way is kind of just, like, it's only fair. You save me. Everybody gets their turn. Mm-hmm. I'm at your mercy. And one by one, she, like, bites off these guys' balls or, like, rips their testicles off. Yeah. And they're all just laying around bloody, and she turns back into a crab monster and floats into the sea. Yeah, yeah waving, <laughs> waving her ball sacks. Waving the balls, like a, like, a pot, like, like, a hun- like a fistful of a hundred ball sacks. And yells, you pathetic, hopeless men, har har. <laughs> Again, not scary. Taunting pirates back at them with a the har har. Yeah, it's not scary. But definitely a good story. And she's summon. I guess you're summoning a demon by telling the story in each one. I think each story harkens back to a, a demon. And the demon is this crab monster that steals testicles. And so are these demons going to come to their dinner? One of the demons, as the night goes on, gets close to like, Entering your world. Oh, which through, is through this mirror um, that you look into while you tell your story. Do you remember when we played this game, and then the demon entered our podcast? Are <laughs> 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 you demon? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> fucking demon, get out of here! Don't you want to know my backstory? <laughs> 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 maybe not. Maybe not when we have five issues to talk about demon. That's true. Is that all right? Yeah. So, uh, if demon, just check yourself. <laughs> I think he got trapped back in the soundboard. Okay, yeah. He's at our whim. So what I would wonder is, like, could you just pay somebody famous to be at the front of your title? Like, could our podcast be called Michael Fassbender First Issue Club? No, because we'd never have Michael Fassbender on it, (laughs) which maybe is funny, and we should change our name to Michael Fassbender First Issue Club. Michael Fassbender First Issue Club. But when it's a book... He's kind... But who... I'm not saying... Here's the thing. Michael Fassbender doesn't help out with this podcast, mm-hmm. but I'm not saying that he doesn't. He produces it. He he thinks about, he could think about it, and then thus his name is in our podcast. He had an idea to start a podcast. We're the yokels that he got to do it. I'm gonna if I ever see Anthony Bourdain, I'm getting him to sign this. 
I 100% would, too. What else are you going to have him sign? Like a cheeseburger? <laughs> I think he's written actual books. A DVD of a series? I don't read books without pictures, but I think he's written those. I can't. Oh, what are his books about? Um, I mean, this comic was great. It was good. It was fun. It was fun. I thought it was going to go somewhere way more fucked up. When he brings these, like, chefs out and is like, let's play a game. Yeah, I thought... I was like, this is going to be twisted. Like, I was digging it. And then they just told spooky stories. Yeah. Um... But also, if I was a chef, I'd be like, fuck you, I'm going home. Yeah, I'd hang out and play a game with this guy. If any, (laughs) in the service industry, if any rich person asks you to do anything that's not just them giving you shitloads of money, deuces. See ya. Yep, bye. Goodbye. I can't can't even with that. As as if you have to pretend like you give two flying shits about what that rich person is doing right then. Yep. Speaking of deuces, we just covered five books. Give us a medal. Yep. Um, somebody. What a tour de force. Um, definitely gonna show up on AV Club as one of the top podcasts this week. (laughs) Um, hit us up, AV Club. We know you listen and love this podcast. (laughs) Honestly, though, thanks to the creators this week for just putting in a great, uh, end of January. You guys don't understand how many terrible comics we read every (laughs) week. And we spend so much of our money. On these, we have to pie them all. <laughs> yeah. We get we get free comic books from rad creators. Like I said last week, Alien Toilet Monsters sent us an awesome comic. Right. And they're sending us more goodies. They just Instagrammed me today and said they were going to send us some cool pins, so we're stoked on that. Perfect. Um, but the rest of this shit we pay for. And a lot of it, when it's so bad, there's tons. I would say each week there's easily two to three books we bought that we can't even... It's, we don't want to trash them on the podcast, so we just don't cover it. So we it. just don't talk about them, yeah. right? Um, this isn't like the pitchfork, let's razz them. This let's, is let's get them. This is every number one that we read this week, barring a couple uh, graphic novels that we're going to do some bonus episodes on Which, later yeah, this week. We should mention, we are going to do Black AF, a special uh, episode of Black AF, so look for that. That book was big. It was the size of a graphic novel, so we're going to dedicate a whole episode to it. Yep. And I'm super pumped about that because I would have wanted to cover Black mm-hmm. um, as a comic anyway, yep. and it was uh, created before we started this podcast. Totally. So we get to talk about that, and I'm really pumped about that. Yep. Out on Black Mask. Um, Black yeah. Mask is doing a lot of cool stuff. They did another book that was kind of a graphic novel, 60-pager this week called Eternal, I think. Something Viking-y. Yeah, and it's getting good reviews, so maybe we'll read that and do another. I have it coming to me in the mail because my comic book shop didn't have it. Yep. Um, note to Black Mask, we love you as a publisher, so gladly send us anything and we will... Uh... Yeah, we want to spread the Black Mask gospel. They're a great publisher. They are a great publisher. They I do. love tons of stuff they do. Mm-hmm. They're solid. Um, so yeah, pumped about that. Thanks for remembering. I'm glad that we plugged that. Mm-hmm. Um, that brings us to the end of this podcast. Yeah. Um, so I'm sad that we're leaving your ears and that, uh, we have to stop talking now. I love hearing your voice, Mike D. I love hearing your voice, Budgie King. Um, well, maybe we'll talk when you don't, when we push stop. Yeah, we could do that. I got some personal stuff to catch up with you on. Can't wait. Yeah. fool around at the studio a little bit yep I love these padded walls maybe we'll snap that (laughs) Uh, Fountain City Frequency that's what we're not not called that 
Um, first Issue Club. <laughs> <laughs> the First Issue Club podcast is a proud member of this Fountain City frequency of podcasts. We are recorded in KCUR 89.3 Studios, and we our music is uh, made by Primary Color Music. They do a great job. They do. So much music on our podcast there. So go check out them out of Lawrence and... Your buddy works for him. My buddy works for him. He had a band called Republic Tigers. Yep. They were on Letterman once. And one guy wore a record bar shirt. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. The Yeah, Ken wore a record bar shirt. It's a bar right by our houses. Uh, So, yep, little Casey fame. Yep. Um, (laughs) Cool. Let's do our closing. Hey, that sounds great. Logical place to put it. Yeah, right here. Go ahead and put that, Matt. Go ahead and put our closing right here. Yeah, if you could just edit that in right about now. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> uh, Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Yeah. Um, Mortal Kombat is finish him. Or, uh, what does he go? Woohoo! Woohoo! I don't remember that from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I just bought a Dragon Ball Z fighting game. Oh, on uh, Switch? PlayStation 4. It didn't come out on Switch. I'm sorry, Michael. Is it on Xbox? A Nintendo it owner. It is or on Xbox. Yeah. Xbox One. Xbox One. My name is Michael DeStacy, and I'm treading water, and I'm trying to stay afloat, and it's been five hours, and my arms are starting to get tired, and I'm starting to be nipped at in the feet by, you know, fish and passing by animals, and the sun is beating on me beating on me like a barrage and I'm about to give up on life and I think God, what would Anthony Bourdain do? Would he try something spicy and get a little kick and what would Guy Fieri do? Would he eat some spicy mac and cheese off a flip-flop and run so fast he'd be hydroplaning on the ocean water and make it back to shore. And what would Gordon Ramsay do? Would he tell you to get the fuck out of his kitchen so severely that you can run a thousand miles just the other way because you're so afraid of him and how much he shames you? And Rachel Ray and all of her friends say, add some more butter and all. And bam. And uh, Emeril Lagazzi's there, and he's giving you a little bit of extra oomph in your heart with a bama some powder. And you're just feeling great, and I can taste the flavor in my mouth, and I end up drowning from the water in my mouth from thinking about all the food and chefs, not the ocean water. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.